And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 297 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, November 11th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and really the only guy who could talk some sense into Aaron Rodgers, Mr. <laughs> Joe Polizzi. <laughs> you called him, right? Did you call him, or did you, uh, did you talk to him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron and I are on, on first-name basis. but uh, I thought you might be. As you've noticed, you might be. Uh, well, you, I think we talked about this on the last episode. There were no Aaron Rodgers commercials on Sunday, if you noticed. That is, oh, I did notice. They took them did notice, all yeah. off, I guess, of, I don't know, so something like that day, 1.5% of State Farm commercials were Aaron Rodgers, and every, everything went Mahomes. I have no idea why. Yeah, that's why right. Why would that happen? Well, you know, I mean, he, I don't know. I mean, he, he got the Rodgers rate, I guess. Oh, jeez. <laughs> This is yeah. See what I did there. That see was that was good. That. that was that was good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. So sorry about your Cowboys, man. Oh my God, they got they got their butt whipped. They got they that was a beatdown, is what that was. And uh, and I, you know, look, a lot of people are like, you know, don't say it was that they needed it, that they were too big for their britches and all that kind of stuff. They just got beat down. I, I think I think it was. I think they. They basically got a little too big for their britches, winning six in a row, and just you know just came out flat. And and and, and that was evidenced by everybody came out flat. I mean, it wasn't just one aspect of the game; like everybody was just like, uh, "What is this game called football, and how do you play it?" Uh, you know, it's it was well. Bad. You know, it, it, I did. Yeah. I watched. I didn't watch the whole thing. I did. I watched a few of the highlights, but. It's amazing how one dropped pa- pass changes everything about a game. Because I just saw a couple times where they're just open receivers and they were dropped. And then it just oh, seemed yeah. to spiral downhill. Yeah. Every, everybody gets frustrated and that's it. It's, it's almost like you can't, get, you can't uh, turn in the right direction because it's just pouring over you. I don't know. It's Yeah, well, that's exactly it. But uh, but hey, my uh, you know, OB, oh, OBJ like wiped the floor. Yeah, it's the disappearing OBJ like we talked about last week, and all of a sudden the Browns have like discovered how to win again. Sometimes just getting certain people out of the ranks. <laughs> That's works. true. I wow. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. It's, if you yeah. look back at last year, Baker Mayfield's best games were when. Beckham was not in the lineup. And I don't know why. I don't know if there's extra pressure to throw it to him. They just don't seem to either he's thrown in the wrong place uh, or OBJ was running the wrong route. I don't know. Doesn't matter. All kinds of mistakes were happening. But when you had the other receivers in, those weren't happening. They're running a perfect offense. And that's what happened um, this weekend. So, yep. Good. Yep. Fine. Yeah. Good. Good is right. Good is absolutely right, and and I don't know. Yeah. If I, no, they look good. They look. Strong. I don't even know if it's been. I know that I don't know if he cleared waivers or what. Did you hear? Did he 
pick up with another team? Yes, he has an offer on the table. He has an offer on the table. As Literally as we record this, I saw a headline just as we got online with each other saying that there that OBJ has a offer on the table. I don't know who it is. Is it with uh, is it with one. Edmonton or Toronto? Which which is yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well done. Well done. I, I well actually done. I think, yeah, no, I think it's Man United actually. Wherever well, no, Man wherever United Johnny Manziel's actually. playing, yeah. that's where he needs to go cuz those two <laughs> I have nothing against OBJ. They're, I just you know you can see it on the field. You were I I can't remember what game it was. Well, I was at the game. Maybe it was the Denver game or something like that. And I'm at the game. It's a Thursday night game, and you're watching it. You texted me, and you're like, what's up with OBJ? He literally cannot right. catch a pass. I'm like, yeah, right now he's the worst person on the field. That's right. So, And has been for some time. So, yeah. yeah. And, again, he's he's injured and whatever. But, you know. Browns are back five and four. We're fine. We control our own destiny. Yep, you're doing well. Uh, it just, yep. I mean, the other teams in the division, like Baltimore, just, just Baltimore, and uh, squeaks it out in overtime. Pittsburgh. Did you see the P- Pittsburgh Chicago ending to that game? I did. I Where did. The, the Chicago. Yes. What what hit hit the very bottom of the field goal post, and it, you know, yeah, whatever. Good for good for all you Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there. <laughs> but I was really sort of hoping that we could, and one in particular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all I'm happy for yeah. that gentleman. But other than that, we could have used the Pittsburgh yeah. loss. And you've been traveling. Yes, indeed. You've been traveling all week. I have been traveling all week. I am actually on my third and last trip of the year Ooh. as we record this and doing something that we haven't done in some time, which is I'm actually recording from a hotel room, which is, you know, as you can attest to, something I haven't done in a while. So I'm literally staring at a water bottle, which is serving as my microphone stand and uh, <laughs> sort of a make- makeshift <laughs> setup here. Um, it is you know, crazy. And, yeah, you, you, know, you move pillows, pillows around. around. Yeah, you do it. You do what yeah, you got to do. The pillows around. You, you sound impeccable. You I think. Do. I think you sound better than you ever have. So whatever system you got going well, on with the Aquafina bottle, maybe I should just. Yeah, maybe I should just bring this home. It is an Aquafina <laughs> bottle. How did you know that? <laughs> this episode sponsored by Aquafina. I know uh, you yeah, so no, well. Is I know what kind bottle. of water you drink. That's that's how well we know yeah. each other. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So. Yeah, so all good. I'm here in the and and of course I'm also in my favorite place in the world, which of course is any frequent Orlando? listener of the show will hear Orlando. Yes, oh, Orlando, Florida. My yes, my yes, my arch enemy of Orlando, Florida, and Orlando is as Orlandoy as you might expect it to be right now. Um, raining and humid and you know fine. Um, the event I'm at though is really fun. The event I'm at is really great and interesting, and the people are sweet. And uh, and I actually my keynote is later this afternoon. So you know, as we get to this, uh, I have yet to go on stage. But then I get to go home. Uh, once oh, that's nice. done, I'll I, I fly home tomorrow, and uh, it's my last trip of the year. So I'm excited. Not about Not going to stop at Disney World or anything like that because I know how much you like to tour I around not, Orlando. I shall not. No. no? I shall <laughs> exactly. I shall not be availing myself of the various services that Orlando has to offer. No, I shall be getting on a plane and going home as soon as you know. I possibly I've, can. I probably I I only think I've done I've done two speeches ever. One was for Disney. Two speeches ever in Orlando, and it seems like you're there every month. 
Like I, I don't know what what I, the events. Well, I haven't been lately, but well, yeah, not lately. I, but you I know did. what I'm talking about. Like when you were in your, I do. You, it yeah. seemed like every other month you were doing some kind of gig in Orlando, and it's I don't know. I mean, you are you you must be the you're on some bulletin board for Orlando event producers. It's like who's uh, the guy yes, that we need? It's I like there's Robert Rose. Who's the guy? We, that's yeah. the guy. He loves Orlando. We got to bring yeah, him. He in. loves Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. So did did we have? Oh no, we got to do the. You got to do the promo before we, we go gotta, to the news. I always yes, forget. absolutely. We got to make sure that everybody knows. So first and foremost, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody out there, thank you uh, for all of the questions that we're getting. That has Amazing. been fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah it's been quite. Uh, overwhelming, actually. Wonderful. Um, but we have a couple of ways. We'd love, you know, our 300th episode is coming up in, you know, literally two more episodes. Um, and then uh, we've got, we're going to have the whole episode to talk about what you want to talk about, like what you want us to talk about. So questions, you know, get bring your questions in. And you can do that through a couple of means. One is to hashtag us up at This Old Marketing on the Twitter. Uh, the other is if you go to our site, thisoldmarketing.site, uh, you can actually do that. It's pretty self-explanatory. When you get there, you can leave an audio comment um, and uh, basically leave us an audio question, which we'd love to get to be able to put your voice on the show. Uh, and then uh, you, if you want to leave an audio comment, but you're not like, you know, digging the whole web browser thing, you can also just email us. Um, or just put at, it in the, con- uh, probably put it in the contact form is or, easiest on the website. Or in a contact yeah. form, a link on the contact yeah, form. There the you go. There, go. The, a link on the contact form is the easiest way to do it. And we're going to be giving away some prizes. Uh, we are Joe uh, through the wonderful and 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 beautiful <laughs> Tilt uh, is going to be giving away fifty dollars worth of Tilt coin uh, for ten folks of uh, getting the questions that answered. And I'm going to be sending out a killing marketing book, uh, which to uh, those who ask questions and we pick um, those questions. Which, and so, all in all, it's a fifty-one dollar value package. Is what, yes, is what it that is. that's correct. A 50, a, 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 yes, actually, it's probably even depreciated <laughs> between that. So your $50 of Titcoin with with the uh, Killing Marketing book is worth about 45 bucks. So, uh, uh, you know, before you even get it. But it will appreciate fast as Tiltcoin, for all of you who hold Tiltcoin out there, have seen. Holy smokes, are you on a, you know, you, it's Tiltcoin, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. And I think that's, you know, those are the... Fast risers. It is kind of nuts, actually, how it's, uh, I mean, it's exceeded my expectations. And we will actually, we'll talk about it in the first news thing, because that's a, it's our first coverage of uh, what we're going to talk about. But I, yeah. I wanted, I shared this with you, how um, silly I felt. Uh, one of our team members, uh, who go nameless, did a great job in setting up an audio form for us to take these questions for the soul marketing's 300 That's right and i'm like how do i put it onto this old marketing dot site and whatever and i found it i'm like i did put a banner on the top it's great you click on it you go ahead people are using it it's wonderful right and then i realized <laughs> that every page of our this old marketing site has a microphone in the bottom right hand corner and we've had this all along that you could submit you could people could have submitted an audio thing forever we just i just didn't even know it was there it's amazing. We are the leading. We are we are the leading experts in technology. <laughs> it's like how do how do I not know and, this? Yeah, it, I did. Right. The, the cre- this is, you know how I found out. 
This is how you find this is how, this is how silly out? it is. Because we put the form up. We talked about it. You talked yeah. about it on the show. People are, okay, great. Some people use the form. And then all of a sudden, I got this audio question from one of our listeners through the site. A different form, not the one I put up. I'm like, where did this? I like. I have no idea where this came from. I just got the note, an email, came from the site. It's beautiful. I listened to it. Great question. I'm like, where did this come from? And, I, and I'm literally trolling through our contact page i'm in i'm back i'm back into the specs and the analytics i can't find it anywhere nice. and then i see this big micro orange microphone on every page i'm like oh there it is who knew there it is so it's just i don't know a boomer moment i guess is what my kids would say there it is yeah it's a boomer it it's, a, it's, happening a, it's a boomer moment all the time now it's like and no matter what no yeah, matter well, what i say in front of my kids it's a boomer moment and I, I tell them I'm not a boomer. I'm Gen X, but apparently it doesn't matter. Like you, anyone can have a boomer. Yeah. Anyone can be a boomer today. It just happens. This to be is me. what I've heard. This is what I've heard. Yes, is that it doesn't matter because both you and I are Gen X, and so it doesn't matter. We can all have our boomer moments. So yeah, but uh, but yeah. The, but yeah. So great. Uh, thank you for to everyone for <laughs> for submitting yeah. the questions. Thank you for those we questions. We have a lot of. It's going to be a difficult task because we have a lot of questions to go through so we'll we'll see who we do and they're great questions yeah i can't wait for 300 it's going to be so much fun we're going to have a good time we've got some good fun surprises planned and all those kinds of things so um yeah awesome stuff yeah should we get to the news do we have talk do we have news news here a little bit we we do actually have a little bit of news to talk about, and the first one is a little bit old, but it just is the perfect convergence of the things that we've been talking about lately. So we wanted to bring it sort of out. You know, it's, it was three weeks ago, I guess, this came out. Uh, and the article itself, the headline, the, the, we've actually covered the launch of this site some time ago, mirror.xyz, um, which is quickly becoming uh, a source of, uh, of really interesting stories and, and posts and whatnot. Um, and the headline here uh, is why the New York Times should be tokenized. And it's a really interesting uh sort of point of view article and it's a great way for joe and i to discuss some things so we thought we'd bring it up and link to it obviously in the show notes but the the headline starts why the new york times should be tokenized and it starts out by saying a few months ago and i'm going to get this name wrong near cabeza uh and i wrote about why all software as a service companies should be tokenized the title was slightly hyperbolic but our point was that token models make a lot of sense for subscription businesses to summarize its core concept SaaS businesses tend to have a very low cost of marginal distribution, which means that early subscribers are essentially already investors. We'll come back to that part. Uh, Each incremental subscriber adds a little to the cost base, but lots of the ability to reach the point where the flywheel starts spinning. That tipping point may be the ability for the creator to go full-time, hire support, or just invest in the quality of their product. If that piece laid out the principle, this article is about applying it specifically to one application where there are unique benefits, subscription media models. There's been a lot of talk about the current battle between old media platforms like the New York Times and upstart newsletters on Substack. And I believe, this says the author, tokenization could emerge as a key differentiator for forward-thinking media companies, especially for new companies and products. 
allowing early subscribers to benefit from future upside can shorten the time to product market fit. The article goes on to talk about um, their theory here about how tokens could be the next step on subscribers uh, for uh, the media model. They talk about the success the New York Times has had with the subscriber-based model, uh, and especially their stock price over the last couple of years. And basically, then they sort of lay out a straw man of what it might look like, right? To say, okay, if you want to access the New York Times, you've got to hold at least $100 worth of their coin uh, in your wallet. And then each year, uh, $100 worth of those Times coins are burned, in other words, removed from my wallet. But if you start to get more coins based on your subscription because of the things you do, well, maybe all of a sudden that starts to earn you the ability to get, quote unquote, a free subscription or certainly, you know, the inflation or the increased investment value of your Times coins. Um, It's... uh, it's a relatively straightforward argument, Joe. What, what did you think about it, and what do you think about this thing? I definitely have a take on this, but I, I wanted to hear what, you know, you're neck deep in this. What do you I, think? Actually, I love the example. I love what they're trying to do, talking about tokens as the new subscription program. I wish they wouldn't have used the New York Times as the example, because it's a challenging example, because ty- the New York Times is a public company. And if I'm right. a public yes. company, this is really difficult. And if you... We already know. We've talked about it on this show. There's been a number of public companies that have wanted to do something with the token, but they, their their legal counsel suggests that they don't. There's too much confusion. What's the token? <laughs> right. What's the stock? All kinds of uh, considerations there to take. But so that aside, it's it's interesting, right? I mean, if I'm I've been a you know just full disclosure, I've been a. Um, investor in new york times i've I've, we've owned their stock for years uh it was great i think when when their that stock was like at 10 bucks or something i got into it because when they started to go into digital subscriptions i really felt that they were and focus on email newsletters there were there was going to be something there so let's just say at that point instead of me buying stock i would have bought a hundred times tokens well the, to the example, 100 times tokens would be the cost of a subscription program for that year, and they would get burned, and that's what I would pay. But because the performance has been so amazing at the New York Times, my 100 early 100 tokens would probably be worth thousands of dollars, right, theoretically? So I would only have to yes. burn, a, you know, yep. use a couple of those tokens. And it's the same thing where, you know, you were talking about Tiltcoin before. It's the same type of thing. You're paying for access and you're sort of in on the ground level. And if everything goes well and you believe in in what's going on, you get access to the content, but then you also get the price appreciation and you get more buying power, theoretically, from the utility of that coin. So there are people like yourself. You know, you were one of the early people that that had some tilt coin, right? And I, I don't know what you have now, but... At the time, it was probably a buck or two, right? The, the t- well, now Tiltcoin is whatever it is, $47. So you're an early VIP access member, but it didn't cost you anything because the coins weren't worth anything. But now, because it's nine months later, you have a lot of buying power with at what the time didn't cost you anything. So it's an interesting opportunity for media companies, for startups, non-public companies 
to really disrupt the space. And you meld, instead of me being just an investor in the New York Times and a subscriber, those two things are very, very separate in the traditional media world or traditional investing world. But today, it becomes the same thing. You are a community member. And as a community member, you have ownership through the token. You have subscription through the token. You have access through the token. So it's a whole new model and you know we've been talking on this show we don't know where it's going to go but there is a is there is a there there like there is there is a model here and so i think the opportunity for people listening are, are the ones that you know any of the disruptor brands out there that want to go this direction that's what you're going to see first right you're not going to see the tried and true yeah. brands are going to go out and experiment something and take all kinds of risks and their legal team's going to be like no don't do that but you're going to have some startups right. that are going to go crazy with this thing be amazingly successful and then those traditional brands are going to look back and say oh my god now we've we've got some issues here because there's a new competitor and they're on a totally different business model than us so what do you that's think that's right that's right yeah I, you know, I, I agree with you, um, and the the and 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 that was going to be my first comment too, which is I, I wish they hadn't picked a yeah. public company to use as an example of this, because it, not only is there a challenge with the model that they've proposed because of the fact that it's a public company, then they go on to talk about the cash flow, right? Because the immediate pushback is you say. All right, there's a there's a cash flow issue here, right? Because if I if I give everybody basically ostensibly a, a free membership, all you know, I, I I'm I'm only you know I'm I'm only going to be able to uh, generate real cash, in other words, U.S. dollars from new subscribers. Basically, if the inflation of my you know dollars go up. Uh, then you know, then then I'm only executing against new subscribers and getting their their dollars, uh, not the existing subscribers. They argue that that's not any different than the discounting that happens to basically businesses that scale. In other words, your renewal rate is going to be at a discount. In other words, you call up and you say, "Hey, I'm going to cancel Directv or I'm going to cancel my newspaper subscription." They go, "No, no, no. Sign up for another year and I'll give you a fifty percent discount." Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yes, that's true. That does happen. But what you're doing is you're systematizing it, right? You are systematizing the, you know, the the value of your subscription based on uh, based on the subscription demand, and that there absolutely will be a cash flow issue there. It because if you're tying it to the dollar, well, then you're either going to have to extract, you know, the same amount of tokens. And take less cash, or more tokens to equal the same amount of cash. If the if the if you're aligning it to the value of the dollar, right? If you're aligning this to the value of the dollar, then it it doesn't matter. It's you, all you're doing is you're 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 substituting New York Times bucks for U.S. bucks, right? And so it's it the 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 value isn't there. Where I thought they ho- and would hope that they would go is in some of the discussions we've had, which is this works so much better. In the loyalty right. and what you can do with that, you know, once you're in, right? So when you're in early and you start earning the bucks, so now all of a sudden, yes, 
it's aligned and you're going to have 120 tokens taken next year to equal the $100 for your membership and that's what you get. But quite frankly, you can also do things like buy access to super premium content. You can get uh, a T-shirt. You can get, you know, uh, you can use that, you know, um, for for other things that you might want to buy within the New York Times world, their you know their ecosystem, um, you know think of them like you know in the same way that Amex has their Amex points, right? Which you can buy all kinds of things with through their partners, uh, with airlines and hotels and retail shops, etc. And that's where I think the real opportunity here is is getting this to a point where you build a little world as a brand. And this subscription-based model exists where you can start, you know, I think about, you know, we talked about um, Terminus, right? The, the mm-hmm. software company. Um, so just to bring it to the SaaS model for a second. And in Killing Marketing, we talked about Terminus and how they launched the Flip My Final Brand, you know, with the with the blog and then the podcast and then their big event. And then they monetized that event and it basically became a huge marketing effort for them, but also one that paid for itself because they had, you know, people that bought tickets and, and all those kinds of things in a very similar way you could do the you could monetize those people earlier right so subscribers to the blog subscribers to the uh, you know to the podcast they all get you know terminus coin for example and that gets them a ticket to the event which ultimately you know et cetera et cetera those are the kinds of things I think we're going to really start to see and where the opportunity is I don't think it's necessarily early days the early opportunity to me isn't to replace the subscription revenue, you know, from a media company like a New York Times. It's to build in a loyalty program, a differentiating experience for those who do subscribe to the New York Times. So now New York Times can get into TV shows and YouTube channels and make all this exclusive content available to those who hold Times coin. Now we're actually talking about building a little economy in there yep. and, and keeping loyalty going and that and monetizing it and cash flow. And the then the public markets will be like, ah, I get it. That's why you're doing it. Well, it's it. interesting. I mean, I love that. Like, I believe that all rewards pro- programs in the next five years will be tokenized because you might say, well, it's this is nothing new. You don't it's no different than. OK, let's let's take American Express, right? American Express rewards right. yep. are have to be used in American Express. I can't port those out anywhere there. And it's fine. It's a great program. I've been a part of that program forever. I've taken uh, trips on it. Uh, hotel rooms, all great stuff because because you and I have traveled a lot. Right. So we get those kind of rewards. Right. That's but right. if I'm on a token system that. Theoretically, that value should have increased as there's more members in it. And the other thing is, if I ever wanted to, I could port out the value of that token and actually use it for paper dollars, right? <laughs> and go take it somewhere else. Can't do that right now with them. Exactly. Cannot right. do that with any which rewards do, programs right now. Right. That's the differentiator. Right. Which you can, you can actually do that. Here's well, the here's the difference. You can actually do a version of that through American Express, right? You can actually convert it to dollars to pay yes, your bill, exactly. for example, right? You can use Amex points to pay your bill. You can, uh, which is the same really as converting it to dollars, you know, and, and but, it, but the key is, is that whether you go through that to buy an airline ticket or a hotel ticket or a, you know, what's happening is, is it's going through American Express. What you're talking about, that level of portability where I can go to Amazon, for example, 
And, uh, you know, and today I can go to Amazon and I can, you know, I can put something in my shopping cart and I can actually use a drop down menu and I can spend Amex points, right? I could, th- there's yeah. a way to do that. But think about it where there's not, right? But they can actually, and all of that, those transactions, the costs, the, all those, you know, all that infrastructure has to be, has to go through Amex. By doing this, they remove themselves from that equation so that they don't have all those costs and it just becomes super portable. So it's literally when somebody goes, hey, I'm willing to get paid in Amex dollars, right? Because Amex will make good on that because they're valuable. Well, now you can, right? Now you can offer that up as a as an opportunity to pay for your drinks at the bar with Amex points, right? It's it's not going to be a big deal because it's just right there. You can do it. They just It's just spending that coin. That's the kind of thing I think is really interesting in the short term. And then we'll see in the longer term how that sort of evolves into something other than, than you know, building loyalty into a, a larger world. Yeah, it's interesting. I had, um, there's a couple people that have been trying to set up their own, um, you know, social token or create, you know, community coin, whatever we call it, right? Token. They're trying to set up their own token today. And some have had success and some have not had success. And I think that the ones that have had success, you you really have to think all the time about the utility of that token and how you make it more valuable for everyone involved in the group. So all coin. And that's that's the thing. It's so such an audience. Why it really fits well with the whole content marketing thing. You're really focused on the audience's desires, their needs, their pain points, and how you can make that more valuable. So you have to make sure, like we do that with Tilt, like if you want to buy merchandise with dollars, great. We make that available. It's just like anyone else. We don't want to say, oh, we only take Discover here. It's like, no, we, we'll take anything. We'll go ahead. You could, But you we absolutely cannot set up a, uh, a merchandise site without being able to use Tiltcoin. Because that that's, that's at the right. center of our community. And if you think about it that way, so that's where if you get into Starbucks or Amex or some of these other reward programs, if they start to integrate it with everything they do, could you imagine the value that they've created oh, in that? Amazing. And the early go the early ones yeah. in and then you make a decision and you say, Well, yeah, I may want to use my Starbucks rewards for this cup of coffee, but maybe I don't. Maybe I want to buy more, put more into it because I want to keep my hundred Starbucks rewards or whatever, because if I have that, I get access to Star Starbucks's annual event, whatever, right? I don't know what it is. But like you said, you get access to certain things and you, you really have the opportunity to create all these amazing content experiences, depending on the, the, the amount of token people have, which is equivalent to access. So... Well, just look at it this way, yeah. Because let's let's take it out of the Starbucks example and let's put it into your favorite company, Disney. Yeah. And Disney is imagine so the one of the biggest challenges, of course, of subscriptions services is what stickiness, right? Retention and 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 loyalty. It's you know so when you think about the biggest problem that the the streaming service Disney streaming service has. Loyalty and retention has to be number one yep. on that list. If they were to somehow combine everything they own, think about it from the theme parks to ABC television to streaming to everything into that coin. So when you come in and you subscribe to Disney Stream, you can use Disney Coin to pay for it. 
which are tied to real dollars that you've spent elsewhere, right? Because either you're super loyal to them and you go to the park a lot or you, you know, you watch this thing or you buy Mickey Mouse or whatever it is you've done, you've earned the loyalty points to earn yourself a subscription to Disney, you know, Disney Plus. Well, think about how sticky that is. Think about it, you know, you're you're never going it's never hitting your credit card bill. So you're never going to quit it. And just building that little ecosystem builds incredible, incredible customer loyalty to have that kind of ecosystem be available to you in, in that way. Because quite frankly, it's so clear that you're just a subscriber. You know, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I pay for tickets to Disney, Disney World. I, I pay for the ABC sort of television and I pay for this Disney Plus thing over here. Gosh, that's a lot of subscriptions. I don't want to be bothered with it anymore. No, you just subscribe to Disney. You get everything Disney in their world with one subscription. That's a pretty powerful thing. I I hope somebody from Disney is listening to this because and they already have their rewards program. Can you imagine yeah. if they truly integrated it with every one of their touch points? How powerful that would be? Oh yeah. It's they it's, be, they it's, keep it it's unbelievable. They, they keep and it very I, separate. I'm sure they're they keep everything very separate. Yeah. And if they integrated that, you're like, yeah, I'm a Disney. And we talked about it, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. It's like they're, they're struggling. They're not struggling. They're, I mean, Disney Plus has been amazing. But the fact is, is that they are selling Disney Plus subscriptions. They're not selling the Disney experience. Because they could easily, right. because right. they've seen that I've watched every episode of The Mandalorian. I, I mean, how, how am I not getting offers to go for some kind of Mandalorian suit or some, like experience. I don't know. Yeah. It's know. crazy. And the thing is, it's it, the, what, what is, I guess the most exciting thing about this is just, just to the point of this article and to the point you were making, which is you don't have to be Disney no. to do this. Right. And this can be a differentiating. This is what, I, what excites me about this is that this is a differentiating content driven strategy to build in experiences for your audiences that drive that you know basically build customers before they buy your product and service and creates differentiating experiences after they buy your products and services all of it content and media driven all of it around how do i create better customers that stay longer buy more do better things and to me, it's just it's it's such a it's it's a unifying sort of strategy that it uh, it, it it just sort of is is it's like yeah this is a no brainer for for those that that, that want to do this. I agree, I, and that's and we probably uh, beaten this horse to death. But yeah. the, but, the, but the point on. the point yeah. is is that if you are not a huge brand, there's a big opportunity here to look at, at tokenization yeah. and. and and full caveat, right? You know, and this article actually brings it up, which it says, okay, but nobody has, not everybody has wallets yet. Absolutely a fair point. It is early days in this. It is early days, and the number of people who have wallets and know how to do this, and, and you know, let's be clear, the user interfaces for this stuff are not solved yet. You know, it is still complicated, it is still confusing. You know, I spent a good amount of time over the last weekend, a good amount of time working on, you know, I wanted to unify. I had like three wallets going and I had, you know, two accounts here and one account here. And, you know, I, I tried to, I, I basically 
aggregated everything into one wallet. So I had all my NFTs and all my, you know, um, different cryptocurrencies in one wallet. And it was not easy. It, you know, I, I, it was a puzzle that you had to figure out. So it will get easier and it will get more consumerized. But until then, it's going to be a pretty niche idea for, for people but this is the time to start exploring, mm-hmm. right? Because it will get consumerized. And just soon. and just a hat tip to Gary Vaynerchuk when he launched V Friends, his audience was I mean, most of his audience at the time that he launched this did not have digital wallets. And he went through a very right. specific process of teaching them. Here it comes. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do an NFT program. What is that? What does that mean? What do you need to have? You need to get a, a wallet. Here you can get a MetaMask wallet or whatever. He went through step by step. He was talking on video. He did the whole plan so that by the time he launched, everyone was ready. So if this is something you want to do, you have an education program with it. Because in two years, you won't need it. But right now you do. So there you go. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to another story here. And this one is near and dear to those of you in the audience who love a good content marketing story here. Uh, We're going to talk about the good folks at Walgreens. Um, Interesting, really interesting story here. Uh, They have a new content division. Um, You know, hearkening back to my rant over the last few weeks. not sure why media posts can't say the words, but they don't say the words. Um, but the article, which is wonderful, starts off by saying Walgreens, and you all know Walgreens, the big drugstore chain, of course, uh, is reimagining its creative services team, focusing on performance storytelling, they call it. Performance storytelling, huh? All right. If only there was another word for it. <laughs> um, led by Rigo Marquis who joined the retailer as head of creative a little over a year ago, the team is a way to head into the future, finding modern and meaningful ways to connect with people using the latest technology, according to the company. Marquis tells the Marketing Daily, which is, of course, the Media Post uh, section that this is on, uh, what the retailer has been up to and how it hopes to change moving toward Web 3.0. And then the rest of the article is an interview with Rigo uh, talking about their plans and the, you know, of note, the, the basically the... It's about storytelling, and and uh, the Marketing Daily asks things like, you know, it's a it's a conundrum for brands right now. Companies need to sell things. Stories need to be interesting. That's not always an intersection that works. What's your litmus test for a story that will work? And Rigo says, well, we're always trying to find about things like baskets and revenue, but our stories have to deliver value, whether it's about education, information, and inspiration. It's all driven by data. Gosh, I wish there was a that is there was a thing for that anyway maybe someday I'll get yeah, off on another rant someday. here but but it's a wonderful article and it's really interesting and if for those of you who may be looking for a business case you know this is this is a good one um, where Walgreens in the retail space is you know talking about the documentaries they've created some of the uh, you know some of the uh, other kinds of content that they're creating and how they're looking to connect their audiences uh, in what as he says at non-advertising ways what did, what did you did you take anything away different from I, I, that well a couple things first this is a team of 87 people that's a significant sized yeah. content marketing department and um, I, I think that most people in media don't realize that large brands are all doing this. So we just happen to get the news here that the Walgreens has 87. So it's significant. I like Cleveland Clinic now has Cleveland Clinic has now has short of just short of a hundred yeah, people. I, 
Just to, I, so yeah, so that's so one hospital. You're right. Cleveland so there's Clinic. media yep. comp there's media companies inside every one of these brands. So I just like that. Right. That, that we need more stories like this. If, if you know, regardless of the fact that they can't call it content marketing. Right. The second thing I like about this is, and you say this all the time in in your workshops, you, you talk about how content marketing can make everything we do in marketing better. This specifically says the the. Uh, Content marketing director here says, from from Wal- Walgreens, says that this program is helping to make our advertising more effective. I mean, really, it's it's exactly it, that's their that's goal, right. which is fine. I have no problem with that. This eighty-seven person group, they're looking at the advertising programs and they create content around that advertising to make the advertising more effective. Nothing wrong with that. Good for them. Good on them. But the last thing I'll say is, I don't think this is ambitious enough. I think that, and this is the problem that I have with most of the, you know, brand studios, if you will, that are created. They never create what I would call BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. They don't say that we want to be the, you know, they, they, Walgreens should come out and say that our goal is to be the, um, I don't know, the leading healthcare informational brand that will, that, that will take patients from X to, why? Whatever the case is. I, I don't know what that mission would be, yeah. but come up with an amazing mission so that that mission can go in front of all your content people and say, our goal is to build this amazing community and we're going to do this through ongoing education and here's how we're going to do it. And we, we our stories need to be as good or better than anything else out there. Now, that's not their goal. I know that, Robert. Their goal is to just make advertising better. But wouldn't it be amazing? That they would take the next step, it, uh, it it would, you know. I mean, it would be, you know. The, I mean, it's not dissimilar, quite frankly, from the the journey that yes. Cleveland Clinic took, right? You know, in the early days, it was about making their brand marketing better, and when they started to realize that they really could monetize it, the you know the and, and to his credit, the CEO of the company went, "Let's go all in. Let's do this. We can monetize this with real." dollars and cash let's let's do it let's let's make this a thing let's put the right people in let's get the right infrastructure in let's get the right technology let's invest let's be ambitious and let's be the number one health destination on the internet there you go yeah that's it and, you said it better than i did number one health they, almost yeah, like the, the, we, we should be better than webmd yes that's what their their goal is to be that good their goal is to drive that much traffic to be to drive that much engagement with their audiences that they're the number one health destination on the internet and that's a that's you know that's exactly what you're talking and it's like arrow it's it's like arrow electronics their goal is not to sell more electronics equipment yeah that's that's a side product of their content program but their goal is they want to be the destination for b2b electronics engineers in multiple markets and they absolutely come out there and say that they do that with 53 different brands so that's right. It was, you know, it's funny because that you mentioned the whole, you know, sort of helping the rest of marketing and sales because I, I get that question a lot. In fact, I literally just wrote this email this morning to a, a, a client that was asking about this. Like, all right, you know, they, they say, I've, you know, I've been able to sell one blog to my CEO, um, you know, and it helped, you know, we have links to our e-commerce catalog in that blog and all that kind of stuff. Now we want to build that sort of, you know, that, ambitious, BHAG-oriented 
beginning of the journey, no product mention, you know, sort of digital property. And, you know, we have our, you know, we have our, our big goal and we have all those things, but the CEO or the leadership is saying, well, why does it have to be separate, right? Why does it have to be separate than, than, than what we're already doing in marketing? Why don't you just make it a section of the existing blog or why don't you just make it part of the website? And it's like, I came back to, and I don't know if this is an analogy that'll work for everybody, but it seems to work for my client, and it, it works for me. Which is, remember the Jordan Belfort the, from the oh, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, the "Sell yes. Me This Pen" yep. idea, right? And of course, the answer to the "Sell Me This Pen," you know, idea is you have to know your audience, right? You have to know what they want, right? You have so the the answer when somebody says "Sell you this pen" is like, okay, why do you want a pen? You know, are, are are you in need of writing? What you know, what, what do you like about pens? You know, what and you you really need to know your audience. And and in order to do that, in order that you don't ask and jump to features and benefits and say, well, let me tell you why this pen is so awesome and it writes with blue ink and blah blah blah. That's what those mid funnel content marketing things are good for, and they're valuable and they teach and they educate. You know, they answer every question your customer might have about the product that you're offering and you know all, all sorts of links to help them solve those questions. What you don't know in that middle of the funnel is what do they care about? And so those content marketing programs like we're talking here with uh, with Walgreens, like we're talking about with uh, you know so many things that you're talking Cleveland Clinic, all those things, those are answering the questions that audiences have, not buyers. In other words, we start understanding what the people really need so that we can sell them a pen and so that we can make them better, so that we can actually offer them something that is relevant to what they need. And we can only do that through a different kind of experience. So that's why it's different, and that's how it makes marketing better. It lets you know what your audience cares about. That. You could say, boy, that's you could you could talk you could say that over and over again. It's so important. Fu- future, there's a I couple know. other ways to look at it. I mean, uh, Andrew Davis always talks about a, a really amazing content marketing program builds a future customer database. So you're building an audience that's database, right. which will yeah. hopefully, if you do things right, will be future customers. But the other things that thing that I don't think a lot of people realize, and I love this, Doug Kessler from with Velocity Partners talks about revenue ripples. And if you just focus on your product, and that's kind of the KPI of your content marketing program, it's fine, right? It's fine. It might work. Good. Right. Good on you. But yeah. if you take the audience approach, <laughs> and good, good for, for you. you. Good if you for take you. the audience approach good, and you, good, and you good back boy. up a little bit, you realize that you've got this idea of revenue ripples. You have so many opportunities that... that just come across your path because you understand that audience better than anyone else. You're building this community that knows, likes, and trusts you. And then you open up the opportunity to sell not just your product and service, but you could sell a hundred different things. You could sell new services. You could sell, uh, you know, direct paths like advertising and do your own events like Salesforce does with Dreamforce and do all these things that you would never have the opportunity to do if you just focused on, oh, we've got to sell this product here and so we're going to do the blog on our site and we're going to keep it here and uh but and and again it's you have to take the chance you have to take just like in uh, what's the third raiders of the lost ark uh you have to take the leap from the lion's den oh there it is you have to take the step yep and 
You have to tap to the, the step, step of, of faith. faith. The and step there's of a faith. lot. Of, and, and that's why yeah. if you are a brand that doesn't like to take risks, you probably don't do this. This is a very safe move. He it's chose. A, it's a very safe. This is a yeah. very safe move. Great move. Very safe move for Walgreens. If I that's could right. see, let's yeah. say, a Rite Aid doing something more aggressive because they can, because they're in that challenger spot. So. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. All right. Well, for that, we should now move to our rants and rave sections. So, uh, ladies, ladies, gentlemen, and gentle thems, see what I did there? There you go. It again, it is now time for our rants and raves segment where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel a little bit like, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers when he uh, is in a press conference or Aaron Rodgers when he's on uh, a Previa commercial. <laughs> I know, I do. I, you know, thinking, real quick on the Aaron um, Rodgers thing, this has nothing to do with anything, but yeah, I'm not liking the look. Right. I'm not liking the homeless guy look. It just doesn't work. You know, for him, since he's 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 cultivating something, he and he's been doing it since the summertime when he played the whole game of you know, am I coming back? Am I not coming back? And you know, am I? You know, he's. It always strikes me as he's trying to be like you know. Do you remember? Do you remember Happy Days? Yeah, he. It, it strikes me that he wants to be Pinky Tuscadero, right? He wants to ride up on a. Uh, he wants to ride up on a motorcycle, and you know, do this slap slap in the guns. You know, the the gun show, and then basically be too cool for school and be like, "I'm so cool. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'll do whatever I want. I'm I'm me." It's just the whole the whole the whole thing. His whole thing this year has been uh, like a, a little a little much for me. It's just you know. The whole social media persona and the whole every interview, he's just like couldn't be bothered, you know. And 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 then this, it's like well, I I'll don't tell know. you what. I'm, I'm, so I'm just I'm questioning. I I don't like the brand. Yeah, I'll put it that I, way. I don't like I'm, the brand I'm, strategy. I'm with you. At I don't all. like it either. But I so just to talk a little bit of football before we get to this, it's it's somewhat relevant. But Drew, I was watching Drew Brees, who actually is a very good commentator. He does a pretty decent job. So Drew Drew Brees was commentating, and they asked him, put him right on the spot and said, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and the whole anti-vax thing and whatever? And I love Drew brought it back to football. He said, the number one thing that a quarterback has to do as a leader of the team is be available. He says, all I'm not saying anything about what he says, I'm saying nothing about what Aaron Rodgers believes, what he's talking about. He's made decisions. That has impacted the football team based on his availability only. And he said if if Rodgers was available for that game against the uh, Chiefs, he says, I think they would have won that game. I think Packers win. And you know what? Because he can't be available till next Saturday, he might impact their the game on Sunday. So he, theoretically, that could keep the entire team out of the playoffs because he's not available. He said, so take all the other right. stuff out of it availability is the best ability and i just just like oh my god i love drew Brees. <laughs> yeah yeah no that's exactly it I, I i couldn't i couldn't agree more i could i don't i don't care about his vaccine status all i care about is the fact that he's he thinks he's cleverer than than the rest of the world and decided that he could outsmart everybody and and have his cake and eat it too and that's just you know i, I don't i don't like it i don't i don't like the cut <laughs> that's that's that's, that's <laughs> 
my god. Yeah. Oh, boomer yeah. boomer alert. Yeah. There we, <laughs> we go. just hit it. Yeah, that's we what I'm saying. It. My dad used yeah. to say, I don't care for the cut of his jib. Um all right. Yeah. Uh, you want to go, go first? You I'll want go me to go first? first? Sure. Um okay. so all right. First of all, I have to tell a disclaimer. I'm still learning about all this because um, we had a little family vacation this week, and I was not up and up on what was going on. But did have you heard about this ENS token drop? Have you heard about the whole ENS? You haven't heard about it. I'm going to tell. This is a big deal. Do you own a .eth uh, domain? Okay. I do. I own my, there my you go. name. So do I. I own JoePolizzi.eth. You own probably RobertRose.eth. Well, right. they made this announcement uh, last week or just a few days ago that ENS, that's Ener- Ethereum Name Service. That's the name of the domain, like yep. GoDaddy. That's the equivalent. But ENS, they launched, uh, they announced that they were going to become a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. And they were going to go into all governance, and that governance uh, protocol was going to be set up on the ENS token that would govern all the components of the protocol. And they did a drop to anyone before October 31st that held an ETH, including you and I. And I just found mine out because I was totally like, what the heck? We all get tokens as part and to be part of the DAO because we were early quote-unquote investors because we bought and they go through the whole thing on who gets it which community members get it and why so if you and i had uh, multiple eth uh, domains and we had the them let's say for 20 years we would get more than let's say somebody that had one for one year of uh yeah so anyways fascinating it took off immediately everybody went crazy over but i'm like okay well well because it, it got into the news because some people that had a lot of ETH domains and they set their expiration date for like 30 years, they, they got dropped like millions of dollars worth of tokens. Like significant. Oh, my gosh. No, I wanted to check mine. I have two domains, uh, JoePolizzi.eth and then TheTilt.eth. So I took those out and I just checked. Yeah. I just thought, hey, am I? So I am uh, eligible to be part of the community because I have this. They took the snapshot. I did own those and I got I looked at it. I have fifty nine tokens. So those fifty nine tokens right now are worth like thirty five hundred bucks. Where did you check your you go to, did you check you it go in to, OpenSea? You have to log in it? with your account, with your new account that you own all yeah. your stuff with, with your new wallet, and you go to claim.ens.domains. And I just, I literally just went there five minutes before we started. And I said, oh, I got 59. That's great. So I'm going to go through the process and you get, you don't, you get them for free, but you do have to pay the gas fees. Long story short, all I'm bringing this up for, it's just back to our initial conversation, how the token is sort of the, makes you really financial component. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's like, okay, I own. I mean, you know, I'm domain crazy. I own like a hundred plus domain sure. domains yeah, with yeah. GoDaddy. I think of a, of a of an idea, and I go and I get the domain, and it's like crazy. I got to get all exactly. Of um, this is different. This feels different because one, you're basically your dot et your dot eth address that. That can be a universal wallet. So instead of a clunky 32-digit 
code that you want to send to somebody, I can tell, let's say you want to send me money, Robert. I said, I can say, Oh, just send it to, to JoePolizzi.eth. Done. So that's how that's nice. supposed to be. That's great. But you can still be a website, by the way. So you can still do all the things that a website would do. And now I'm part of the community and they're going to vote on delegates and all kinds of stuff. And it's just nuts. Like this is not something that existed last year. This is a whole yeah. new thing. Yeah. They're creating like the DAO is like the new LLC again. Yeah, we don't know where the regulations are going to be. This is not legal advice. I'm not telling you to do anything here. I'm just saying right, right, this right, is right. a thing. We're all trying to figure it out. And one in the crypto community went gaga over this thing as sort of this is the way you do it. And it's interesting. I'm going through, and I go, oh, Joe. You have 59, and you go through, and I have to go vote. I got to vote on stuff if I want my tokens. Do you believe in this? You vote yay or nay, yay or nay, whatever. Claim your tokens. You got them. It's just, and then you go join the Discord, and you go vote, and you go do other stuff, and you be involved, and you join committees, and it's just like the new association, right? It's weird. So anyways, I wanted to share that. I've got a couple articles. I'll put them in the show notes. That talks about the whole thing, Good. why it happened, how it happened, and I think that's something that, based on our first news article, that people can take and learn, and, and we can start to figure this thing out. So there you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mine is like micro short, um, so we can wrap this up. But mine is basically an article for uh, that I'm going to link to in the show notes called What's New in Publishing.com, the site. Um, it's an interview with a bunch of people that talk about how B2B media must adapt to survive. It's a great little interview with people talking about B2B media, but it could everything in it, you might as well just replace B2B marketer with because it's just fantastic. So it's a really lovely, wonderful article. Wanted to link to it and talk it up, but uh, yeah, I'll save the details. You can go figure it out for yourself. <laughs> I love that. That's the, that's the, yeah. It's your best yeah. one. Yeah. I like this yeah, article. Just go go yeah, just figure go it out. It. Yeah. Yeah, go, go do go it. Go read yeah, and yeah. figure it out. Good deal. So, so you're, you're all right. Done. You're, what do you got? Anything? The, yeah, yeah, I'm done. So you, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to. I'm literally walking. I mean, as soon as we hit done recording here, go. I'm going to walk down to the stage and get mic'd up and go. So it's uh, what, what's I'm, I'm okay. Before I let you go, hurry, what's your you talk on? That. What are you talking on? Yeah. Uh, my talk is on content marketing <laughs> of all things. I know. I know that seems really like weird and strange, but yeah, I'm talking about content marketing and, and basically the trends for the coming. When I first years. met you in June of 2008, you you gave the same exact presentation: content marketing trends. I did. I just want you to know that 13 trends. years later, you're years. talking about the same I damn know. thing. It's all. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 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 the same stuff over and over. Well, again. good luck. Safe travels home. And uh, yeah. And we'll do it again next week. Yeah. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to sign off. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 295 uh, or 96 episodes, yeah, just head on over to our website, won't you? Thisoldmarketing.site. Remember, folks, hashtag us up on Twitter with your questions. Send us email through the contact form with an audio file or, as Joe discovered, click the little (laughs) microphone. It's just that easy. Uh, Until we meet again, just remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.